You are listening to the Bristow Advent Christian Church Podcast. Visit us on the web at bristowacc.net. Thank you for listening. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Good job, Hannah. Good job. I'm like Joe. I know some of you got some talent out there. I've heard some of you, some of your work. So uh, don't be don't be shy about what God has blessed you with, uh, using that to glorify His name. Some of us. Uh, Aren't quite the singers some of the other ones are. But again, the Bible doesn't say it has to be a beautiful noise. It just says make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But some of y'all got some beautiful noises to make unto the Lord, so don't be shy about that. Uh, good job, Hannah. That was awesome. It just ties into what we're doing here, too. Did you do that on purpose? Oh, yeah, there you go. He'll use or what was it? He'll do and use whatever he wants. Amen. Amen. Because we're, we're, we've been talking about hearing from God as we flip the script here in these last three weeks, we'll finish this up this week with that about, uh, about hearing from God. You know, we had three weeks where we wanted to make sure that, you know, God is hearing us. You know, God always hears our prayers. The flip side is sometimes we struggle to hear from God because of the pace of life and the things on our mind and the things on our heart, but uh, we want to hear from God. And He'll do and He'll use whatever He wants to reach His people but we've got to make sure we're listening. We've got to put ourselves in a position where we're, we're hearing what God is trying to tell us. And we finish up this series this week on hearing from God. If you want to go ahead and turn to the text for today, it's 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Huh? Speak up, Rick. There you go. Okay. You can put your finger there and we'll get to reading that in just a little bit. Uh, remember last week I told you we would subtitle today's message of deception by distraction and I'm not going to do that today I thought I could work all that in there but there's too much there in the near future we will have at least one message on deception by distraction but today we're going to finish up the hearing from God part because I, Shelley, I heard Shelley say last night at the Saturday night service that we had where we had some technical difficulties, didn't get to watch the movie. We had a great time enjoying some food and some fellowship together. I heard Shelly say last night that I'm long-winded. She did, Joe. She did. Why would you say that? <laughs> but if uh, but if I had to try to work all that in there, that's too much in one time, and it's... Uh, that's something we need to look at, but we need to look at straight square in the face on that when we do that. So deception by distraction will be something we'll look at in the near future. Today we're going to look at, the, at Samuel and Samuel's call from God and how Samuel put himself in a position to hear from God this morning. And as always, I'm thankful for God's blessing and thankful for the opportunity that he gives me to stand before you and share his word with you just a little bit this morning. He has blessed us with a beautiful day today. Boy, it's hot, isn't it? It's it's almost feeling like August out there, but it won't be long. But it's a beautiful day that the Lord has blessed us with and a beautiful day to be here with you this morning in the house of the Lord. And I'm thankful for uh, God's ability that he uses in and through us. I'm thankful for the opportunity to stand before you and share his word just a bit this morning. Thankful for each and every one of you here today as well. Shannon, where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Okay. Ricky, who's got any better than we do? 
There you go, Rick. Put a little heart into it. Hearing from God as we finish up today, we're going to look at Samuel and how Samuel put himself in a position to hear from God this morning. And, and hopefully as we study this, we'll, we'll be able to put ourselves in a position where we hear from God as well. Now there are three points that we want to look at today on Samuel. And he was ready to hear from God because number one, Samuel had a servant's heart. He, he had proper practice. He put himself in that position by having a heart of service. And point number two we're going to look at today, Samuel was in the tabernacle. He was in the good location, the proper proximity to hear from God. And point number three that we're going to look at today is Samuel was willing to listen, which we struggle with greatly. From the age of we're old enough to walk to the age that we don't hardly walk anymore, we struggle with, with, with listening. So he puts himself in a, a proper position to listen as well throughout the message that we're going to look at today. There's a story about a man who was, a, uh, was looking for a job. He was looking for a job, and when the, the, the telegraph was the fastest method of long-distance communication well before the phones and well before the cell phones, a young man was looking for a job, and he applied for a job at a, as a Morse code operator. You've seen it in the movies. Some of the young people are going, Morse code, what's that? Is where they... If you were a Boy Scout, Girl Scout, you may remember that. Can anybody tell me what I just typed out? I can't either. I don't know Morse code. Uh, but he went, in, he went in looking for a job that day, and he uh, arrived and he entered a large, busy office that was filled with all kind of racket, and there was noise and clatter going on all around him there, including the sound of a telegraph in the background. Now, there was a sign on the receptionist counter that told him this. It told the job applicants to fill out a form and wait until they were summoned to enter the inner office. So the young man picked up his paper, he filled out his form, he sat down there in the outer office with several other people who were there to interfere for the job as well. And after a few minutes of sitting there, the young man got up, he crossed the room to the door to the inner office, and he walked right in that door there. And naturally the other applicants were going, what is going on here? Why is he getting up and going in there? They muttered among themselves that he probably hadn't, they probably didn't, they hadn't heard anybody saying come in there yet, and they assumed that he had made a mistake and that he would be disqualified and it'd be uh, that much closer to them having the job. A few minutes passed by, however, and the guy that's doing the hiring there, the employer, he escorted the young man out of the office and he says to the other applicants, gentlemen, I thank you very much for coming in today, but the job has just been filled. The other applicants looked at each other and they began to... to have that bewildered look in their face, and they were grumbling a little bit. One of them spoke up and said, wait a minute, I don't understand this. He was the last one to come in, and we never got the chance to be interviewed, yet he gets the job. That's not fair. The employer uh, says this. He said, I'm sorry. He said, but all the time you've been sitting out here, uh, that telegraph has been ticking out the following message in Morse code. If you understand this message, then come right in. The job is yours. None of you heard it. None of you understood it. This young man did, so he gets the job. Now, I don't have to tell you this. We live in a world full of busyness. We live in a world full of, of clatter and racket and all kinds of noises we're bombarded with, just like that office, and, and we get distracted sometimes, too. It's hard for us to hear with all that racket going on. Still, and it's even more difficult for us to hear that still, small voice of God. As he speaks to us. What about us? What about us? Are we tuned to God's voice? 
do we hear from Him as He speaks to us? And there's many ways that God can and will speak through us. How can we sharpen those listening skills? Today, we're going to look to Samuel for guidance and direction in, in his ability to hear from God and hopefully be able to sharpen our hearing skills from God as well. So if you're at 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1-10, through 10, go ahead and we'll stand and we'll read God's Word today. And 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 says this, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, and in those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And one night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there, calling as to the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Father, thank you for your word today, Lord. And thank you, Father, for these lives that are here today, Father. Thank you, Father, for your spirit and your word and your will, Lord, and the many ways, Father, that you, you try to get through to us, Lord. You try to speak to us, Father. I pray, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Father, and the strength and the purity of your word that our eyes and our ears and our hearts would be open, Father, to that still, small voice in whatever way, Lord, you use to use it. I pray your blessing upon your word today, Father, and our understanding of it. Lord, I pray for each and every heart that is here today. Lord, I pray for those who are not with us, Father, those who are traveling or those who are home this morning. Pray, Father, that in whatever we do, in whatever we say, in whatever, we, whatever way we act, Father, we bring glory and honor to your name. And in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, as we look to Samuel, we look to Samuel's life, we remember that Samuel was an answer to a prayer. Uh, the background of his, of his birth is found in the first chapter of 1 Samuel. We had a, a message on this not very long ago. In 1 Samuel 10, it says this, In the bitterness of her soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. In verse 11, she says this, and it says this, And she made a vow, saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor shall ever be used on his head. Now, Samuel was like Samson, who lived a few hundred years earlier. His, his life had been set apart from birth to be a Nazarite. That means there's no haircut, and there's certain things he could not do. His birth was also miraculous. Remember, Hannah struggled years after year after year, prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered her prayer. His birth was a miracle. He was special. And even though he was dedicated to God and served God at the tabernacle, he did not know God. Samuel was so close and yet still so far away. 
someone can be dedicated to God as a child. They can be raised in the church, attend Sunday school. You can spend your life surrounded by God's Word, spend your life surrounded by God's people, but not have that personal relationship with Him. The Amazon River is the largest river in the world. Now, the mouth of the Amazon stretches 90 miles across. They can be raised in the church. Yeah, I'm not at the football field, am I? Where was I, Rick? Amazon River. The Amazon River is a huge river. It is a, the largest river in the world. And the mouth of the Amazon is 90 miles across. Now, that's about, you can take here and drive to Oklahoma City, and that's the mouth of the Amazon there. Taking the turnpike, of course, not Route 66. But it is a big old river. There is enough water that to, to exceed the combined flow. Now, get this, of the Yangtze River, the Mississippi River, and the Nile River all combined. There's so much water that comes from the Amazon that they can detect its currents over 200 miles out in the Atlantic Ocean. Now, one of the strange things of the sailors way back in the day in the ancient times is this. Uh, the sailors of ancient times often died by lack of water. They were caught in the windless waters of the South Atlantic. They were adrift. They were helpless. They were dying of thirst. And sometimes those ships from South America would, would, who knew that area would come out there alongside of them and pull up there beside and call out, are you okay? Is everything okay? And the other ship would cry out, just lower your buckets. Oh, they would say, we're dying. of Can you spare some water? We're dying of thirst. The other ship would yell out, just lower your buckets. You're not in the ocean. You're in the mouth of the mighty Amazon River. See, the irony of ancient Israel and the tragedy of the United States of America is that God, the fountain of living water, is right here, right amongst us, right now, but we don't recognize Him, much less listen for His voice. Even though Samuel did not yet know the Lord, he was in the right place and he was doing the right things to begin that relationship. He was ready to hear from God, which brings us to our message today. How about us? Are we ready to hear from God? Let me suggest three things that, that Samuel did to help us to be ready to hear from God. And point number one we're going to look at today, Samuel had a servant's heart. He was showing proper practice. Now, I've said this before. You may not remember this, but we've got to practice the art of listening, don't we? We've got to practice the art of listening. There's a world full of people that hear, but very few people that actually listen. If you've got kids, you know exactly where I'm talking about. You can talk to them till you're blue in the face, but oftentimes they're looking at you like, I ain't hearing a word you're saying. And we have that ability as well. We have to practice the art of listening, not just hearing. Samuel grew up serving in the tabernacle. From the earliest memory, of this is what he knew, and he was faithful in his service to that tabernacle and to Eli. He had a good reputation among the people. This is a contrast to Eli's sons who were not very good men. Though they were the sons of a prophet, they greatly did misused their, their position. And 1 Samuel 2.17 says, says this, This sin of the young men was very great in the Lord's sight, for they were treating the Lord's offering with contempt 
And verse 18 says, But Samuel was ministering before the Lord. And then in 1 Samuel 2.24, it says, No, my sons, it is not a good report that I hear spreading among the Lord's people. And verse 26 says this, And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with men. Now, there are several reasons that folks come to church. Some come just to see what it's like. I mean, I want to see what's going on in a church. Some come because their parents make them come. Some come because it's just what we've done all this time. And don't get me wrong here. Church is a very, very, very important thing. You miss out on a lot if you're not in church on a regular basis. And the people around you miss out on a lot too by what you bring to the service and what you bring to the table. It's a body, called a body for a reason, folks. Everybody has a part in it. Church is very, very important. But going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than sleeping in your garage makes you a car. A lot of what you get out of church, the worship, the testimony, the message, a lot of what you get out of church depends on what you put into it. It's all about attitude. Jeremiah 29, 12 tells us, that, Then you will call upon me and come to me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, but he was faithful in obeying what he did know about the Lord. How about us? Where are we at today? We may not know all the answers, but are we willing to ask the right questions? Is our heart ready to receive what the Lord has to say to us? Let me show you a contrast here. A little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a experiment here. There's two contrasts from two different people, two different worshipers attending the very same worship service. The names were changed to protect the innocent. There's a man named Jim. He went to church on Sunday morning. He heard the pianist had missed a note during the prelude, and he winced when he heard that. He saw a teenager talking when everybody was supposed to be bowed in silent prayer. He felt like the usher was watching to see what he was putting in the offering plate, and it made his blood boil. He caught the preacher making a slip of the tongue five times by his own count. Oh, I've already done that at this point in time now. And he slipped out the side door during the closing hymn, and he muttered to himself, Never again, what a bunch of wannabes, what a bunch of hypocrites. Now, we have Fred, who went to the same church that same Sunday in that same service that Sunday morning. He heard the pianist play an arrangement of a, a mighty fortress, and he was thrilled at the majesty of it. He heard a young girl take a moment in the, serv in, in the service and speak of her simple, moving testimony of the difference, of the, Lord's, uh, the difference the Lord makes in her life. She appreciated the sermon that Sunday morning, it answered a question that had bothered him for a long time. And he thought as he walked out the doors, how can a man come here and not feel the presence of God? Now, it's two different people at the very same service on the very same day with two very different outlooks on it. Both were at the same church. Both were there on the same Sunday both had the same praise and worship, both heard the same message, each found exactly what they were looking for. Number two, 
Samuel was in the tabernacle, so he was in a proper proximity. The tabernacle was the center of worship in Israel. The articles of the tabernacle each represented a step toward God's presence. While many people, including Samuel, did not understand what the symbolism meant, Samuel stayed with it. Now, some people, especially newcomers who go to church, are exposed to all kinds of things during the service. And there's a lot of stuff that's packed within the time that we're here for, for, for an hour or an hour and 15 minutes, or according to Shelley, an hour and 30 minutes. There's a lot of stuff packed into this time frame. If you look at all that has transpired to this point, there's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of things that can happen. And I know that newcomers, church can be a very confusing place. The people talk funny. They do strange things. They do things that most people don't normally do. They talk about how blessed they are all the time that they're crying. Often we can forget, as, as older Christians, that the culture that we've grown up in and the words that we're accustomed to using and the things that we do during service are not the norm. And we make the mistake of expecting everybody to understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. Add to this fact that often things can be misunderstood or, or can be poorly communicated. We've all sung the song, Are You Washed in the Blood? Amen? Can you imagine what somebody that walks in a church for the first time when they hear that song and have no idea what really this is all about? What they hear with that song? They're probably thinking, what is wrong with these people? Now, if all that's not enough, church can be a funny place. or some crazy things that can sometimes happen in church. I spit my gum out one time out. It went flying out there. I picked it up and continued chewing it because I got to have that gum. My mouth gets dry. All the while, Shelly is over there going, oh, yeah. Sometimes crazy things can happen at church. Listen to some of these actual bloopers that have been found in church bulletins over the years. It says the scouts are saving aluminum cans and bottles and other items for recycling. The proceeds will be used to cripple children. This other one says next Sunday's message is this. What is hell? Come early, hear our choir. I read one last week that said, are you, are you having trouble sleeping? Come and listen to our preacher. It says that uh, before the service, the ushers will eat newcomers. Remember to pray for the people who are sick of our, are sick of our church and the community. And I like this one. It says, our minister is on vacation. Massages can be given to the secretary. Now, if you're here today, and you're still seeking the Lord, <laughs> I apologize for our weirdness because we do some weird stuff sometimes. But I promise you this, I do believe that you're in the right place. I do believe you're in the right place, so and I'm thankful for your presence here as well as your patience. Point number three. Samuel was willing to listen. He was in a proper position to listen. Now, some, number one, Samuel had a right heart. Number two, Samuel was in the right place when the Lord spoke to him. And at first he didn't understand that this was God speaking to him. He thought it was, it was only natural. It's got to be Eli. Somebody's talking. It's got to be Eli. God was speaking, but Samuel did not yet recognize his voice. Could it be that God is trying to speak to us? That he's trying to been speaking to us for some time and we've just not been recognizing his voice. 
Perhaps you've been to church or perhaps you're reading your Bible or you're driving down the road listening to some good godly music. Or, for God can speak to us anywhere and at any time. He'll use whatever and wherever. His hand, I, she's not here now to correct me on this, but whatever Hannah was singing there, he'll use whatever as it... God will use whatever is at his disposal to speak to us and to reach us. And can anybody tell me here one thing that is not at God's exposure? God's... God, Disposal? <laughs> Is there one thing that God, it's not at God's disposal? He will use anything and everything to reach us. We've got to be listening. He will use anything. It's His Word. It's, it's, it's His music. It's His people. God will use anything. God can and will speak to us in many ways. Perhaps you've been to church, you're reading your Bible, you're driving down the road, you're singing some good godly music, and you've heard or felt something in your heart that just stirred there. Hallelujah. I'm going to get amen wherever I can get it, folks. And your heart has just stirred and that spirit has just welled up inside of you. Maybe you've written that off as sentimentally, sentimentality. Maybe you've written that off as maybe I ate something bad. Maybe you've written it off as everything else that it could be. But let me tell you this. God is speaking to us. With the help of Eli, Samuel prepared himself and put himself in a position that he was finally able to respond to God's invitation. There's a story about a man and his friend, the Native American man and his friend, they were walking in downtown New York City, and they were walking down there toward Times Square in Manhattan. And that is quite a bright place. Never been there, never want to go to New York City. They don't make good salsa there, so I don't want to go. But they were walking in New York City around Times Square in Manhattan. It was during the noon lunch hour, and the streets were filled with people, and their cars were honking their horns, and taxicabs were squealing around the corner, sirens were wailing, and the sounds of the city are almost deafening. It's just noise, 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 noise. But suddenly, the Native American man said this, wait a minute, he said, I hear a cricket. His friend said, you must be crazy. You couldn't possibly hear a cricket in all this noise. And he said, no, I am positive I hear a cricket. I'm positive of that. He said, again, you're crazy. The, the man listened carefully for a moment, and then he walked across the street to the big cement planter that was over there where some scrubs, shrubs were planted in there. And he took it there, and he dug around there a little bit, and he looked around, and sure enough, he located a small cricket. And he held it up for his friend to see, and he was totally amazed at this. He was utterly amazed. He said, that's incredible. You must have superhuman ears. And the man said, no. He said, my ears are no different than yours. It all depends on what you're listening for. He said, but that can't be. I could never hear a cricket in all this noise. And he said, it's true. He said, it's true. It depends on what you're listening for. He says, here, let me show you. He puts his hand in his pocket. He pulls out a, hand of coin, a, few, a handful of coins and discreetly drops them on the sidewalk. The noise of those coins in that crowded Times Square area there, every head within 20 feet stopped, turned around, and looked to see if that money that had tinkled on the pavement was theirs. He said, you see what I mean? It all depends on what 
you're listening for. Maybe you're here today. And you can relate to Samuel. You have experienced the worship. You've heard the word. But you're wondering, is there more? Is there more? I believe that God wants to speak to us. I believe that God wants to speak to us. And and if God's word is true, and I believe it is true, in these last days, he's going to speak to us in a lot of ways. He's going to speak to us in a lot of ways that we need to be listening. If God's word is true, and I believe it is true. Anybody else say amen? All right. Maybe you're here today and you can relate to Samuel. I believe that God wants to speak to us. I believe He wants to speak to us this morning. I believe He is calling our name. Here's a question for you. What do you expect that God would say to you? Not to the person across from you. Not to the person in front of you. Not to the person behind you. What would God say to you? First thing I think God would say to you is, I love you. I have always loved you. Regardless of how you felt throughout your life and how many times you felt like you were not going to amount to nothing, God would, first thing out of his mouth would be this, I love you. What do you expect God might say to you? Anticipation carries with it the idea of expectation. Let me say that again. Anticipation carries the idea of expectation. Do we anticipate that God is going to move? Do we expect to hear Him speak? There's a story of a young minister, and he was distraught by the lack of results in his new church after his first few months of service. So he, he made an appointment and went to talk, and talk to D.L. Moody for some advice. Moody, Moody met with him, and he asked him this. He said, do you, expect to, do you expect decisions every Sunday when you preach? And the young man replied, no. And Moody said, that's your first problem. He said, you should. So I'll say it again. Do we anticipate that God is going to move? Do we expect to hear Him speak? If we don't, then we should. So often, we expect God to show up in a flashy, invisible manner. He'd done that throughout the whole Old Testament. He had a burning bush. He parted the Red Sea. So often, we're looking for that kind of thing. And so often, we spend our time looking for something huge and magnificent. And God can still do that. Don't get me wrong. So often, we look for that. But we miss the miracle of God's still, small God is speaking today. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. The almighty king of all creation is calling your name. Are you hearing? Are you listening for his voice? Will you respond to his call? I hope this morning that all of us, like Samuel, can say, Lord, speak. 
for your servant is listening. Three points that we've looked at today from, from Samuel that prepared Samuel to hear from God and hopefully helps us to prepare to hear from God. Number one, Samuel had a servant's heart. He had proper practice. Point number two, Samuel was in the tabernacle. He, he, he was in the proper proximity. And number three, Samuel was willing to listen. He was in the proper position. I've always said this, and I will continue saying this until the day that, uh, the day that I die or that the Lord comes back, that church is about great expectations. It's about great expectations. Expect God to move. Expect God to move in our lives. Expect God to speak to us. Expect God to speak to you through His Word, through the worship and through the praise. Expect Him to speak through His Spirit and expect Him to speak through His people. Expect to hear from God because God is speaking. And here's the kicker. Great expectations is a two-sided coin because if God is speaking... And God expects His people to hear. And God expects His people to respond. Church is about great expectations. I expect a lot out of God. But you know what? God is up to the task. God is up to the task. I expect a lot out of God. And you know what? God expects a lot out of us too. But you know what? We're up to the task. God will never call us to nothing that He hadn't prepared us to do. God will never call us to nothing that He hadn't equipped us to do. He is calling. He is equipping. The time is coming to do. As we close out this time in prayer, if, if God's Spirit or His Word or something other has spoken to you today... I don't understand why we don't cry out to God more. I don't understand that. I expect God to speak at every time we're together. I expect God to move every time we're together. And I can see it on your faces out there, but I can also see that fear that says, wait a minute, I've got to turn loose of this pew and come on up there to the front. Let me tell you something, guys. I have never come to the altar in my life where I didn't think, God, thank you for making me braver than my fear. God, thank you for, for calling me, and thank you, Lord, for my ability to step out. But I don't, I don't understand why don't, we don't cry out to God more. I know there's some brokenhearted folk in here. They fear, yeah, that's the biggest thing. But fear can't stop us. Fear won't stop us. Because if God has called us, He will equip us. He will strengthen us. He will bind us together as His body doing His will. As we close out this time in prayer, if God has touched your spirit today and you have heard His voice or He has touched your heart and said, Man, it's time for you to come to me with what you're carrying. And this altar is open. As I've said before, there are certain things that we do and certain things we don't do, but if somebody comes to the altar, they do not come alone. 
you come to this altar, somebody's going to be here to pray with you. And you know what that means. Some of you are going to have to get up and come up here and pray with them. God will tell you. If he says, get up there, get up there. But if it's t- the Spirit of the Lord has touched your heart today, through His Word, through the time of worship, through, through anything that I've said, because I, I'm not that a coherent a guy. I'm not as pretty as Hannah. I can't sing like her. But for some reason, and I never understand it, God has decided that I'm going to work through you and in you. And I am humbled by that. And I am thankful for that. Because I am not the kind of person that should be up here speaking because I'm not a public speaker. But you know what? God says I am. And that's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. So as we close out this time, if you need prayer with the Lord, if you need people to pray with you, if you need strength, if you need guidance, whatever you need, God is speaking. Let's hear that voice. And let's expect God to move. Let's expect God to speak. Because God expects us to hear. And God expects us to